It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Recording started. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually, His praise shall continually, His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Eternal Father, the Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Again, Father, we want to say thank you. Thank you, Father, for life. Thank you, Father, for health, for strength, for food on our tables, clothes on our backs, Father. We want to appreciate you. We want to reverence you. We want to laud and magnify your holy name. Father, we don't want to be like the nine lepers that you healed that didn't come back to say thank you. But Father, we want to be like the one who was healed of his infirmity and elected to come back and to say thank you, Jesus. This is what we want to say today, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You have told us in your word that every good and perfect gift comes from God. Father, we thank you for everything good in our lives, everything good in our communities and our nation. We, we thank you, Father. We know that everything is not going just the way we want it to go, but we also realize that everything is not going just the way you want it to go. Father, we say thank you. We ask, Father, that you forgive us of our sins and our iniquities, which we have grievously committed in either thought, word, or deed, sins of commission or sins of omission. Father, we ask that you have mercy upon us. Father, as we study to show ourselves approved unto you, we pray, Heavenly Father, that you will make us to be workmen and workwomen who need not to be ashamed, but who rightly divide your word of truth. 
Speak, Father. Speak to us. Speak through us. Speak for us. That your people in the four corners of the earth might be blessed. That your name, Father, which is above every other name, may gain all the glory, the honor, and the praise. These and all other blessings, Father, we ask and we count done in Jesus' mighty and precious name we have prayed. Let God's people say, Amen. Amen and amen. God bless you, children of God. I do greet each of you once again in the mighty and the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. For those of you worshiping with us for the first time, I am Apostle Robert Bryant, pastor of the Christian Center Church Worldwide Headquarters here in Kenston, North Carolina, USA. And I'd like to welcome you once again to another edition of Living the Word, a place where sound doctrine is brought to the ears of millions of God's people all over the world. We do pray that you are blessed and highly favored wherever this broadcast is finding you. Uh, as I was sharing uh, those things with you all, saints, the Lord placed something in my spirit that he shared with me some years ago, but he just gave me a uh, greater revelation. The Lord had shared with me many years ago that worship was much like exercise. Now. You know, many of us that exercise, we like to go to the club, you know, where there's music and there's other people, there's camaraderie and different things. And nothing is wrong with that, uh, provided we get a good workout in. But understand that if you get a good workout in in the privacy of your own home with no music, no fancy equipment, no friends there to support you. If you get a good workout at home, it will be just as beneficial as if you get a good workout at the club or at the, the health center. You say, Apostle, how? what does that have to do with worship? Well, understand the same way exercise is good for you and me, whether we are alone or whether we are in a club with a hundred other people, because exercise is good, we need to make sure that we do it every day, whether we are by ourselves or whether we are in a group of 100. Well, so it is with worship. Sure. We love to go to worship with the other saints of hundreds or thousands, however, maybe uh, worshiping with us. But understand that 
if we worship by ourselves. In spirit and in truth, God is pleased and God will reward you and me the same way. Time, Lord, wait. Praise the Lord. I think that will will do it for us. Do it for us there. All right, saints, we're going to take a look today at the book of John chapter 3 with a special focus on verse 21. John chapter 3 verses 21. John the Revelator writes to us, but whoever lives by the truth comes into light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. We're going to work from a theme today. Whoever lives by the truth. Whoever lives by the truth. Again, let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, again, we come before your holy throne. Thanking you, Father, for all that you have done, are doing, and are going to do to us. We trust, Father, that what you have in store for us, your little children, is even greater than what you had in store for us. We thank you, Father, for the great things that you have done, are doing, and are going to do in our lives. We give you praise, glory, and honor in advance. These and all other blessings, Father, we ask and count done. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. And God's people say, amen. Amen and amen. Whoever lives by the truth. As we look at John chapter 3, verses 1 through 21, we see the account of Jesus as he teaches Nicodemus. Now, The Lord told me many years ago that we have many Nicodemus spirits in our midst today. You say, Apostle, what does that mean? Well, Nicodemus was a Pharisee. 
and he was a member of the Jewish ruling council or the Sanhedrin. In other words, Nicodemus was a man who was a member of very religious organizations. Pharisees were a group that were set apart. They, the name Pharisee means set apart ones. They, these were individuals that appeared very righteous. They appeared to be experts in the law, experts in the word of God. But on just about every occasion, Jesus would rebuke the Pharisees for their hypocrisy. Well, understand Jesus is still rebuking Pharisees for their hypocrisy today. You say, Apostle, what does that mean? A Pharisee uh, today represents any group that appears unto men as righteous, but inwardly they are full of dead men's bones. That's what Jesus would say about the Pharisees. He said, you appear unto men as righteous, but inwardly, Understand, my brother and my sister, God doesn't just want us to have the appearance. God wants us to have the reality. And this is why it is so important for you and for me to confess our sins, to acknowledge that we have issues, we have problems, so that we are not just appearing unto men as righteous but being full of dead men's bones. We, Jesus said, you are like unmarked graves. You, you, you know, you're like whitewashed tombs. You, you, you look good on the outside, but Jesus said, I, I see what's going on on your inside. May God clean us up on the inside. Regardless of how we appear, regardless of our title, our position, our, may God clean us up on the inside. Nicodemus was a Pharisee, set apart one. Pharisees would walk around with a box tied to their forehead, a little box. And in this little box, it contained four passages of scripture. They were called phylacteries. And this was how the Pharisees presented themselves in the Israelite community. They had tassels on their garments. And instead of these tassels being just little something, they would make their tassels very wide. Individuals that saw tassels on your garments, they knew that you were a religious man or a religious woman. They would make their tassels very wide so everyone could see them. This was the group that Nicodemus was a part of. This was the group that though they claimed to know God, they fought against and resisted and rebelled against Jesus on every opportunity they got. Understand this, my brother, understand this, my sister. If you don't love Jesus, you don't love God. If you don't love the son, you don't love the father. Jesus was God in the likeness of sinful man. How you and I treat Jesus is how you and I 
treat God. Now you say apostle, bring that, bring that on a little further. How you and I treat God's apostles, God's prophets, is how we really treat God. How you and I treat brothers and sisters in the church is how you and I really treat God because all of us are one, my brother and my sister. The mistake that the Pharisees and the members of the Jewish ruling council made is they thought they could love God on one hand and hate Jesus on the other hand. And Jesus, in essence, had to let them know that you can't do that because however you treat me, in essence, is how you are treating God. My prayer for every soul under the sound of my voice. May we know today that how we treat one another as believers, as Christians, as saints, as members of God's household of faith is how we are really treating God. Nicodemus was a Pharisee. He was a member of the Jewish ruling council. And the Bible says in verse two, he came to Jesus at night. Now, I shared with you all a little earlier that we still have many Nicodemus spirits in our midst. You say, Apostle, what does that mean? Nicodemus was coming to Jesus at night. Now, he was a Pharisee. He was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He held all of these positions and all of these titles by men, but he knew that there was some nonsense involved in that that he was a part of and that he knew that there was something special about Jesus. There was a wisdom that was not man-given or man-made. There was a knowledge. There was a, a understanding. My prayer for you, my prayer for me. May we be able to discern the anointing, not the titles, not, not the following, not the may we be able to discern the anointing. Jesus had the anointing. And because of this anointing, Nicodemus was drawn to it. Now, he, he wasn't the only Pharisee that was drawn to it. The other Pharisees would come when Jesus would be preaching and Jesus would be teaching. They would come, but they would be looking for fault, trying to find something wrong that Jesus said, all this kind of nonsense. Now, again, we have many of these Pharisee spirits today, individuals that are not coming to, coming to the word of God to try to find the truth in it or not coming to the word of God in order to find out the direction and, and how they need to live. But you have some individuals that are just going to church so they can find fault, find fault in the pastor find fault in the first lady, find fault in the choir, find fault. Listen, my brother and my sister, if you and I are looking for faults in one another, we will constantly be able to find them. But the Bible lets us to know that if we claim we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Well, what is God letting us know? That we all have sin. That's a given. God knows that. Some of us act like we are seeing something special when we see the sin in one another. We're not seeing anything special. God already knows that we all have this thing called sin. If we claim to be without it, 
we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in. So we understand that we all have this thing called sin. We all make this thing called mistakes. We all commit these things called errors. But my prayer for you and my prayer for me is may we look beyond, just like God looked beyond our faults as human beings and he saw our needs. May we look beyond one another's faults and see one another's potential. My God, my God, thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord just gave me that, children of God. God looks beyond our faults and he sees our needs. May we look beyond one another's faults and see one another's potential. Praise the living God. Well, Nicodemus came to Jesus at night. Now, the reason why he came at night, he didn't want, he knew that the Pharisees and the the Jewish ruling council did not have a favorable opinion of Jesus. They did not have, you know, many of them didn't believe in what he was doing. Many of them uh, thought that he, the way he was casting out demons was by Beelzebub. The religious leaders had all kinds of nonsensical thoughts about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So I want to encourage you, my brother and my sister, if men and women had nonsensical thoughts about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who was perfect, what do you think they're going to have about you and me who are not perfect? You and me who sin every day. You and me who error every day. Men and women, wicked men and women had nonsensical thoughts about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who was God in the likeness of sinful man. Perfect, without sin, without flaw, without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish, and yet wicked men. See, 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 understand. If you're a wicked man or a wicked woman, you'll find fault in something perfect. Let me say that again. If you are a wicked man or a wicked woman, just like these Pharisees and teachers of the law, they were wicked. They found fault in Jesus, who was perfect. So I encourage you, my brother, I encourage you, my sister, be able to see the potential in a person, in a place, in a thing. See, be able to see the good in a person, in a place, in a thing. If you're looking for evil in men and women, you will always be able to find it. Because our great ancestor, Adam, he ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So inside of you, inside of me, inside of him, inside of her is this thing called good and this thing called evil. It's not Nicodemus. He comes to Jesus at night. He doesn't want his other Pharisee so-called friends and teachers of the law, so-called friends to see him coming to Jesus, to see him trying to get an understanding of some things that had been confusing him and perplexing him. He didn't want to be seen. He, he was kind of sneaking around trying to see Jesus. Listen, my brother, listen, my sister, don't sneak around. 
to be a Christian. Don't 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 sneak around as a Christian. The Bible says that if we are ashamed to acknowledge Jesus and his word before men, he will be ashamed to acknowledge us before God. I, you say, Apostle, what are you saying to us? Let it be known that we are for Christ. Whether we we make mistakes, yes, we error, yes, we have our flaw, yes, but but don't take back your confession. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart the Lord Jesus and that God has raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. Not that if we are perfect, we will be saved. Not that if we don't make any mistakes, we shall be saved. No, he didn't say that. He said if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart the Lord Jesus and that God has raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. Don't take back your confession. With your faults, with your flaws, with your sins, which we make every day, not taking back our confession. Nicodemus sneaking around at night. And listen what he says now. Rabbi, which means teacher. He said to Jesus, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. <laughs> now, now, in my spirit, I'm just I'm kind of laughing at this because it reminds me of so many of my family members. As much like my Nigerian brothers and sisters say, as much wahala as the Pharisees and the Jewish ruling council and the Sanhedrin was given to Jesus and and fighting against him and, and making things trying to make things difficult for him and and not believing and not wanting to accept with all of that, all of that that they were doing. Nicodemus said, uh, Jesus, we really know that your teacher come from God. <laughs> In other words, they would all, all, listen, Jesus ran into the majority of his opposition, not from the prostitutes, not from the tax collectors. Jesus ran into the majority of his opposition from the religious leaders of his day, the Pharisees the members of the Jewish ruling council, the, all of these groups that claimed and, 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 and appeared like they knew God, these were the ones that were giving Jesus the most prop. And Nicodemus, when he come to Jesus at night, the first thing he said, look, Jesus, Rabbi, teacher, truth of the matter is, we know, we know that your teacher come from God. Well, see, here's the thing, my brother and my sister, because what Nicodemus was doing was he was testifying against himself. You say, Apostle, what does that mean? If you acknowledge that an individual is a teacher sent from God, and then on the other hand, you are fighting against them and you are not supporting the ministry and you are not trying to help, you are testifying, then who are you? 
What are you really? If you know he's really from God, what Nicodemus should have done was joined him. What Nicodemus should have done was supported his ministry. What Nicodemus should have done, he shouldn't have been a Pharisee. He should have been a member of the 12 disciples. Sometimes we tell on ourselves. Nicodemus is telling on himself. If you know that this man is a teacher sent from God, then that's who you need to be following. That's who you need to be listening to. That's who you need to be supporting. Not sneaking around at night trying to acknowledge the truth. Come on out and be a part of the ministry. Come on out and be a supporter. Come on out. You know this man is from God. Why? Listen up. What's like Nicodemus say? Nicodemus said, no one could perform the signs that you were doing if God were not with him. Nicodemus said, let me just tell the truth about this matter. With all the problems we're giving you, all the all the lack of support, all the lack of support, all the uh, we know you're a teacher sent from God. Well, then what you should be doing is you should be supporting it. Because none of the Pharisees were performing the signs that Jesus was performing. None of the, the Jew, members of the Jewish ruling council was performing the signs that Jesus was performing. And then Jesus goes on. Now, I, I, I hear Nicodemus and I hear what, he's, what he has to say. But then, too, I hear what Jesus has to say, because this is really what a lot what a lot of people's problem is in this world. Jesus heard Nicodemus. Jesus Nicodemus didn't tell Jesus anything he didn't know. Everything Nicodemus told Jesus, he already knew. But then Jesus shared something with Nicodemus that Nicodemus didn't know. Jesus replied, Jesus said, verily, verily, or truly, truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Jesus said, there's the problem. There's men and women's main problem right today. Nicodemus, you're not born again. You see the signs I'm performing? You hear the soundness in my doctrine. You won't support it. You're fighting against it. You're coming against it. Jesus said the reason why is because you're not born again. My prayer for every soul under the sound of my voice. May every soul under the sound of my voice be born again today in the name of Jesus. For those that are born again, may they grow stronger and grow higher and grow further in the things of God. And for those who are not born again, may today they accept Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior and be born again. See, when we are born again, then we can come on into the ministry. We can come on in. We can stop fighting against. See, we can stop coming against. We can stop finding fault. We can stop all this nonsense when we are sincerely born again. Jesus said that there's a problem. How is it you going to know that I'm a teacher sent from God? And then on the other hand, you refuse to support me. Why? Because you're not born again. That's what's really going on. 
Jesus replied, verily or truly, truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God. So see, so if you're not born again, you don't understand what God is really trying to do. All you understand is the appearance of godliness. You don't understand the reality of godliness. Pharisees were going to, to uh, worship. The Jewish ruling council, they were going to worship every Sabbath. But Jesus said, you're not born again. May we go beyond the appearance of worship, the appearance of knowing God, the appearance of being members of his, of it, and, and step into the reality. When you and I are born again, we step into the reality of relationship with our creator. Listen to Nicodemus now, because he's he going to prove just what, just what Jesus, just what Jesus is saying. Jesus said, you, you can't even see. You can't see, understand, comprehend. I can't say, unless you're born again, Jesus said, I can't even explain this thing to you. And then Nicodemus asked in verse four, how can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked, surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. <sighs> Jesus answered, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Baptism and then the whole, the baptism is when you and I are baptized, and my spirit is going to one of our bishops in Pakistan that uh, I was recently with last month. One of the scheduled activities we had um, was a number of saints that had come into the fold. We had to take them out and baptize them. Uh, and many of them had questions about the significance of baptism and what it was really all about. And I had to share with God's people that baptism, water, that, understand that, that, that there are two baptisms. There is the symbolic baptism, which is what you and I experience when we are baptized in the water. That's, that's a symbol. That we go down one way, we go down in the flesh, we go down unsaved, we go down. But when we come up from the water, we're coming up anew. We're coming up afresh. We're coming up uh, in the spirit of God. Well, that is that is the purpose of water baptism. It is symbolic of what takes place with our Spirit baptism. Jesus said you must be born of the water and of the spirit. The water is symbolic, but the spirit is the reality. The spirit is when the when the the, the old sinful satanic demonic spirit that was in us now goes out and the spirit of God now comes in. So water is a symbol, spirit is the reality. Jesus said that we must be born again, born of the water, symbolism, born of the spirit, reality. 
Jesus said, verse six, flesh gives birth to flesh. In other words, you talking and thinking and seeing things in the flesh, all you're going to have is more flesh. Flesh, 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 flesh. Flesh produce more flesh, more flesh, more. But then Jesus said the spirit gives birth to the spirit. This is why God wants us up under the Holy Spirit. Look at that spirit in your Bible. It's capitalized. The spirit, the Holy Spirit, it gives birth to our spirit. So what happens when we start operating in the spirit, our little human spirit starts to grow and starts to give birth and starts to develop and starts to become stronger. My prayer for you, my prayer for me, may the Holy Spirit cause our human spirits to be stronger and to grow uh, tall and to grow white in the name of Jesus Christ. Well, I'm not going to go over all of Jesus's explanation to Nicodemus. We're going to come on down and understand the verdict. Now, I have to deal with the verdict a little bit. The verdict is the final decision. When you go to court, you know, the, the plaintiff may present their case and the defendant may present their case, and then the judge will have a verdict. Now, the plaintiff thought he was right. The defendant thought they were right. But then the judge will come back and say, by law, here's, who, here's what the law says is right. This is the verdict. Now, whatever the verdict is, the plaintiff, regardless of what they thought, the defendant, regardless of what they thought, they have to, they have to submit to it because the verdict is the final decision. Well, look at verse 19, John 3 and 19. This is the verdict. This is the final decision that God has made regarding you and regarding me, regarding humanity. This is the final decision. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world. God said light has come into the world. Now, light represents good. Light represents holiness. Light represents righteousness. Jesus said it has come into the world. Now, why is it everyone is not connected with light and hooked up with light? And Jesus said, People love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Jesus said, that's the problem. Jesus said, look, the problem is not that light has not come into the world. The problem is not that light, that righteousness is not here. That's not the, that's not the problem. Jesus said the problem is that men and women love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. My prayer for you, my prayer for me, may you and I love light instead of darkness. May you and I love the truth of God, the righteousness of God. Now, now of course, you know, we, we're going to have darkness in us because that this is what our Christianity is mainly all about you and I 
receiving more light in us. See, darkness was, was already here. Darkness was already in you. Darkness was already in me. Well, light has come into the world. But my prayer for you and my prayer for me is not just that light will come into the world, but that light will come into us. That is what salvation is all about. Salvation is not it for you and for me. It's be it goes beyond light just coming into the world. And it starts to deal with light coming into your heart. Light coming into my heart. Now, Jesus said in verse 20, everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light. See, people that do evil, they, they're not trying to hear. You, you want to say, Apostle, why, why not a lot of people in here trying to, man, people not trying to hear sound doctrine that's doing evil. Sound doctrine is for people that are trying to do what's right. In spite of our weaknesses and our sins and our shortcomings and our flaws, sound doctrine is for people that want to get it right. We may not have it right, but we want to get it right. My prayer for every soul under the sound of my voice, understand that we don't have everything right, but we are here on a daily basis because we want to get it right. See, we want to hear and we want to we want to understand and we want to know how so we can get it right. May God help you. May God help me get it right in this life. Same. Father, help us to get it right. None of us have it all right. None of us, like Paul says, have obtained it all yet or have already been made perfect. But Father, just like Paul, the Apostle Paul, we too want to grab hold of that for which you grabbed hold of us. Understand my brother, understand my sister. Jesus Christ, when he saved you and when he saved me now, now what the Lord is flashing in my spirit is a drowning man. As I shared with you all yesterday, I had lifeguard training when we got the swimming pool put in here at the Christian Center. And I went and got lifeguard training in case any of the children or the young people that were a part of the ministry started drowning or, or got into trouble in the swimming pool. I would know how to save them, how to, to rescue them. Well, in rescuing an individual that is drowning, the last thing that you do is you grab a hold of them in order to, to bring them out of the water. Well, when you grab a hold of them, they too, who is drowning, is going to grab a hold of you so that they can be brought out of the water. You are grabbing a hold of the drowning person to bring them out of the water. They are grabbing a hold of you to be brought out of the water. You say, Apostle, what does that have to do with salvation? Well, Paul said it like this, that the reason Paul said, not that I've already obtained all of this or have already been made perfect, but this one thing I do, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. See, Paul realized that Christ Jesus took hold of him 
within salvation. Understand that Christ Jesus has taken a hold of us as Christians, as children of God. Christ Jesus has taken hold of us to bring us into salvation. Well, just like Christ has grabbed you or grabbed me to bring us to salvation, we got to grab him. Paul said, I'm grabbed the same way Jesus grabbed a hold of me to bring me into salvation. I'm grabbing a hold of Jesus to be brought into salvation. My prayer for every soul under the sound of my voice. May you and I grab a hold of Jesus Christ the same way he has grabbed a hold of us to bring us into salvation. May you and I grab a hold of him to be brought into salvation. Praise the living God. So, John tells us that when we do evil, we hate the light and won't come into the light because our deeds will be exposed. Well, understand something, my brother, understand something, my sister. Many of us think being exposed is a bad thing. You know, many of us, you know, we we have secret passwords or we'll do things in secret. We'll tell people, don't tell anybody. We'll use false names. All, all this nonsense because we don't want to be exposed. Well, here's the thing. Being exposed is a good thing. Now, it may hurt. It may be embarrassing. It may, we may be ashamed. But being exposed is a good thing. In order for God to heal us, of our sins, of our iniquities, of our faults and flaws, they have to be exposed. This is why the Bible says that, you know, the light exposes our deeds. The, the light exposes what we are doing. Now, then we have the, the, the opportunity to change, the opportunity to uh, repent, the opportunity to be healed. See, if we don't want to be exposed, what we're really saying is we don't want to be healed of that particular sin. Anything that we don't want to be exposed in, what we're really saying is we, we don't want to be healed in that. My prayer for you and my prayer for me. We, we have to be healed of our sins. Some people think what, what you need to do is, is do a better job of trying to cover them. No, what we need to do is a better job of uh, being exposed and and repenting, which is godly sorrow that leads to a change. Jesus said, everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. The word of God the spirit of God, what he's going to do is the same thing in you that he's going to do in me, that he's going to do in him, that he's going to do in her. The Holy Spirit is going to expose all of our deeds because we all are doing something that is wrong. Now, what you're doing might not be what I'm doing and what I'm doing might not be what he's doing and what he's doing might not be what she's doing. But the spirit of God, the spirit of God and, and Lord is bringing this in my spirit and we're about to close. Works much like an antibiotic in the body of Christ. 
Now, antibiotics, sometimes we get infections in our body and we'll take antibiotics to kill the infection. But antibiotics don't see it that way. When you and I take antibiotic, we may have had a rash on our uh, arm or on our leg that we wanted the antibiotic to, uh, to clear up. But the antibiotic gets in the bloodstream. And once it gets in the bloodstream, those disease-fighting pathogens that make up antibiotics, they're not only going to kill the the bacteria and the germs in that in that rash on our arm when when antibiotics get in the bloodstream they travel throughout the body wherever they see sickness or or or, or disease or bacteria or germ they start working on killing antibiotics say look i'm not just going to this one little place to try to kill i'll kill that too but antibiotics say anywhere i find bacteria anywhere I find uh, germs and, and I'm going to kill it. Well, that's much how the Holy Spirit is. See, some of us want the Holy Spirit to just get the men or some of us want the Holy Spirit to just get the women or the Holy Spirit. Some of us want the Holy Spirit to just get the pastor's deeds or the congregation. The Holy Spirit doesn't work. The Holy Spirit in the body of Christ, wherever the Holy Spirit sees sin, that's where he's going to attack it, just like antibiotics in the body. Wherever they see infection, they're going to attack it. See? So understand, my brother, understand, my sister, that all of our deeds, all of our wicked deeds, the Holy Spirit is going to expose them, is going to shine light on them to give you and I an opportunity to uh, clean them up and to change listen we can get to heaven with our deeds exposed and then we repent and make change but we can't get to heaven if we keep trying to cover our deeds the bible says whoever confesses his sins whoever conceals his sin does not prosper but whoever confesses and renounces them obtains mercy my prayer for you my prayer for me, may we confess and renounce our sins that God may extend mercy to us. When we live by the truth, when we live by the truth, Bible says whoever lives by the truth comes into the light. In other words, whoever lives by the truth, not that we're perfect, not that we've dotted every I and crossed every T. But one thing I want to encourage you to do every day, get in the habit of doing, my brother. Get in the habit of doing, my sister. Get in the habit of coming into the light. See, whoever lives by the truth, doesn't say whoever lives by the truth is perfect. Whoever lives by the truth doesn't have any sin. Or whoever lived by the truth, is, no, it doesn't say that. It just says whoever lived by the truth comes into the light. In other words, comes in and God's word is still true and right, regardless of what you and I are doing. God's word is still true. God's word is still right. 
with our lusts and with our shortcomings and with our flaws and faith. God's word is still true. So let us come into delight. Let us come into fellowship. Let us come into worship. Yes, I it, the pastor feels like he's talking about me or the or the bishop feels like he 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 did he yeah with all of that let us come into light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God so that listen when we come into the light and the holy spirit is talking about something that we are doing or something we've been doing that is not right that's a good thing because what that does is that shows you and that shows me and it allows us to see plainly that what we have done, rather good or bad, whether right or wrong, that lets me and you know that, that God sees us. <laughs> Praise God. Look at what the Bible says. Whoever lives by the truth, we come into the light or we come into the worship, we, we come up under the, the apostles doctrine or the or the preaching and teaching of the word, and so that it may be seen plainly that what they has done has been done in the sight of God. That lets that lets you and me know when we come into worship, and the man or the woman of God is talking about the very thing that we have been doing, the very sin that we have been a part of. That that lets us know that God sees us. God sees us, my brother or my sister, past, present, and future. There's nothing that you and I can do that God doesn't see. There's no place that you and I can go that God doesn't know. See? So we might as well come on into the light. You know, so that it may be seen plainly that what we have done, good or bad now, right or wrong, it's been done in the sight of God. God said, I, I see it now, Robert. Whether men and women see it or not, God says, I see it. God sees us. And God said, Robert, tell my people for me. That I see everything, say after the Lord, in spite of what I see in you, right, wrong, good, bad, truth, lies. God says, tell my people for me, Robert, that I still love them. I want to encourage you, my brother, encourage you, my sister. The God that we serve sees all that we do, our righteousness, our wickedness. Our good points, our bad points, our obedience, our lust. God says, I see it all. And still love you. And still have a place prepared for you since before the foundations of the earth wherever laid. What a mighty God, children of God, we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. 
What a mighty God we serve. Well, as my bishop used to say 40 plus years ago, that's the message. That's the message. Whoever lives by the truth. Encourage you, my brother. Encourage you, my sister. May we live by the truth. We live by the truth, we're coming to the light. When we live by the truth, we want it to be seen plainly that what we're doing, God sees us. When we live by the truth. That's the message. That's the message. I just want to thank you. I just want to thank you. I just want to thank you, oh Lord. You've been so good to me, Lord. You've been so good to me, Lord. You've been so good to me. I just want to thank you. God bless you, children of God. Uh, for those that want to be a blessing to the ministry, feel free to go to the church website and let the Lord direct your path. This is Apostle Robert Bryant, pastor of the Christian Center Church Worldwide, headquarters in Kenston, North Carolina, USA, signing out. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.